Before we get to today's show, if you enjoy this podcast and are on a personal growth journey, I invite you to join Freedom Year, a 12-month exploration on creating freedom in all areas of your life. It's one part experience, one part community, one part coaching, all designed in a fun and engaging way. You can go to robcressy.com backslash freedom to join. Let's create an unforgettable year and have a good vibes community to support us along the way. Once again, join Freedom Year at robcressy.com backslash freedom. What's good? It's Rob Cressy, and welcome to Built for the Game, where you talk about the systems for creating a better life. And oh, baby, I am so excited for today's conversation. Joining me is Clayton Olson, master creator, coach for more than a decade, over 175,000 followers, or I guess subscribers, on YouTube. Clayton, super excited to be jamming with you. Yeah, me too, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited for this conversation. And you and I really got to build our relationship a lot more about a month ago at Creating Love and Power in Santa Monica. You and I originally met each other uh, going through John Patrick Morgan's Being a Client Magnet program. You and I are both coaches. We're both master creators. We both believe in the creating perspective and ultimately help people uh, create a life they love, and that's a very high-level way of saying it. And, and what we're going to talk about today, and this is probably going to be a two-part episode, part one, we're going to be talking about creating, part two, we are going to be talking about content creation. And Clayton, I want to start with this. I was looking at your testimonials on your website, and one of the things that it said was, built a more powerful version of myself and how you helped someone create these valuable tools for creating an abundant life and business. Can you unpack that a little bit more? Because the name of this podcast is Built for the Game, and for me, this is speaking my language. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, you know, a good portion of the work that I do is, oh, Rob, are you still there? I am. I just, I highlighted you. Look, I'm producing on the fly for you, spotlighting you as the hero. Got it. I haven't had that happen yet in a podcast. So thank you. Um, Yeah. So the work that I do with people centers around two pillars, primarily as entry points. Uh, One of them is relationship and the other one is around the work they do in the world. And this idea of building a new version of ourselves uh, really comes from uh, a, a process of helping people become more conscious of the ways they're currently creating themselves, creating their relationship with life, interacting with life, dancing with life that is largely unconscious, that can often have them maybe slip into victimhood or have them feel disempowered or lack effectiveness in the the work that they do. And so by bringing more awareness to this, we start to see the ways in which they're tethered and holding themselves back and buying into archaic belief structures and stories about themselves that maybe serve them at one point, but are now glass ceilings to their development in the present moment. And through Uh, a graceful and respectful approach, beginning to help them untether and unlock a different version of themselves to come online that's built on a new set of beliefs and a new story about who they are and what life is and what other people are that allow them to really move more 
effortlessly towards the thing that they're wanting to create, whether that's in relationship business or you could put a whole bunch of different things in there. Yeah, and I'm curious to, I always like to look at the system or the process behind this because uh, one of the reasons why I'm qualified to have these conversations is because I was not this person 11 years ago. I was not self-aware and I did not have a growth mindset and I personally transformed myself, my habits, my routines, but more importantly, the story that I told myself. And for a large majority of my life, even the term, the story that I told myself was never in my orbit. So how do you go from, uh, you can even be a high performer and living a good life, but not even be aware of the concept that we have the ability to design the story that we tell ourselves, create a consistency practice around it because our, the story we tell ourselves creates our actions, our actions create our results. Therefore the story that you tell yourself has the ability to create everything that you want in your life. So what is that bridge or did you experience this yourself where you went from, man, things are good, but the, the world that you and I operate in is great and unlimited and infinite potential. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it all hits very close to home. Uh, I'll just kind of start at, I think one of the main junctures in my life was when I was 18 years old, uh, my father got diagnosed with lung cancer and he ended up passing away uh, in November of 2001. And that was really the kind of cork uh, popping off of, I think, my potential. Uh, I went through grief and had a complete reorganization of how I saw myself. And I actually ended up having a pretty dark night of the soul right around that time as well. And uh, contemplated whether I, I really wanted to be here or not, whether this life was worth living. And, you know, my mom, she's a Montessori school teacher. She really enjoys and uh, is passionate about uh, human development she was a studier of some NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, and she gave me a book called The Structure of Magic back when I was 18. And the book really changed my life in the sense that it wasn't necessarily some specific thing about the book or like a set of principles, but just one thing in general that I really got from it was that it was actually possible to change my experience of myself and change my experience of life. And so that really set me on the journey of growth and self-development. And I think you know, just talking about growth and fixed mindset, I, I moved, I transitioned from being in a fixed mindset where I thought the world is just what it is and there's nothing I can do about it to realizing that the world happened from the inside out and moving into this growth mindset, really, I, it just it lit a fire underneath me. And so I didn't want to necessarily become a coach at that point. It was more around using this technology and this understanding to continue to develop myself. And I ended up getting a job in some a couple different startups throughout my 20s and uh, was leading and managing sales teams and using what I knew about personal development and communication to uh, achieve my goals within that domain. And there came a point in my late 20s, right around, I think, 29, 30, I started realizing that I had the material success that I wanted and had more money than I knew what to do with. But there was still a way in which I had fallen into an unconscious way of operating as a high performer that left me feeling incredibly empty, unfulfilled, and misaligned. And so 
I ended up getting really sick, actually. I ended up having a parasite that I caught in Central America that moved from my gut up into my lungs because my immune system was too weak to fight it out and clear it. And because I was working so much, I was working 60 hour weeks uh, and I just couldn't, there had no off button. And that was really a, a big awakening is that I needed to slow down and really reassess the kinds of decisions and ways that I was showing up because I was going to uh, probably not last too long if I continued at that pace. So that was another iteration, another chapter opened that had me step more fully into coaching at that point. Man, it's such a uh, relatable story for me in my own way, almost a, a similar time period of uh, trading my time for money for more than a decade in corporate America, getting paid a ton of money, having a great life, having tons of fun, but not filling up all the buckets of my life where I, I felt there was... Uh, there was more and I would regret it for the rest of my life if I didn't give it a shot at making my dreams happen where uh, the status quo of what I've created even as someone who is really, really good at what they do, I saw the ability to, in theory, start over and go to zero and design it my way. And it's something that is the most beautiful gift that you can give yourself in the world. And there's various ways that we all get there where some of us, we burn out. Others of us, we, we see a vision for ourselves that we would love to create. And one of the things, Clayton, that I know you and I have in common is all around a concept of creating a personal operating system. And this is something that can be called different things, but one of the things of what even led me into coaching and I never set out to be a coach, which is uh, very contrarian to a lot of people who are like, oh, I want to do what you do. For me, I lived like a, a coach for a decade because entrepreneurship, personal development is the greatest or entrepreneurship is the greatest personal development program in the world. Because when you're sitting there at zero with no money, no clients, no one knows what you're doing, you clearly don't have the skills of what you want to create. You sit there and you're like, oh crap, I got to get better. And for me, my commitment has been the thing that has been the game changer. And, and I always try and share this with everyone because I'm truly all in because I'm not working in a call center, making $10 an hour, slinging home equity loans in a bank cube farm like I did when I was 23 years old and I graduated college yeah. with a dream of working for an ad agency. And I quickly became Peter from Office Space. And it's easy to joke about, but I never forgot the feeling of what it was yeah. like to show up seven minutes late every day and leave seven minutes early because I knew I could exactly within one minute game the system so I have 14 less minutes of being there. And what am I willing to do to no longer live that? Uh, the answer for me is everything. And that was yeah. the catalyst for me. And with commitment opens up so many doors of possibilities. And Clayton, I know commitment is a word mm -hmm. That is uh, probably number one for both of us, for ourselves and with everyone that we work with. Talk to me about what commitment means for you and how that can help people in creating their own personal operating system. Yeah, I think it's a really important topic. And the, the way that I see commitment, the way that I live into commitment is that commitment is an instrument for transformation. 
And through commitment, uh, we create a container and a platform for us to go through a metamorphosis in our life. When we commit to someone that we love, right? whether that is committing to the relationship and stepping in or even more committing to marriage, uh, there is a identity that begins to shift and shake. And, you know, I think the, the power of, of commitment is that it really is uh, something that can have you end up really looking inward to find the proper stance to keep going in the commitment. Where if you're not, if you don't like commitment or say you have an aversion to commitment in your life, there can be a way in which the orientation is, well, I'm going to keep changing the external world until I, so that I can match how I want to feel, right? I'll, I'll get a different partner. I'll change niches. I'll start uh, changing all these things on the outside so that I can feel the way I want to feel. And I think that when we commit to something, we create a fulcrum, almost like if you were to do yoga and like get into a pose, it's like using some type of like strap or block to actually go deeper into that pose and stretch deeper into your own interiority and find a way of being to make the process of commitment enjoyable, to, to find a stance that works. So I think commitment is not only an instrument for transformation, but it is a gateway to really finally work with the inner world of ourselves so that we are not reliant on the external world to give us an inside feeling. I love it. And I'm curious, how can we create greater or more commitment? It seems obvious, but I know it's actually a thing that can be very challenging for a lot of people. And, and I'll give a simple example. There's a framework that I created for myself to self-audit my success or to myself. Mm. It is know, K-N-O-W, believe, live. What do I know to be true? What do I believe to be true? And what am I actually living? Because so often in the world of personal growth, self-improvement, entrepreneurship, you hear something from someone and you're like, man, I know that's true. And then you go, man, I believe that's true. You're like, amen, brother. But then you get to the last part of this, live. Am I living this? And I know you and I both experienced this, um, being coaches and coaching other people where they hear us and you can see the gears turning. So they, they know conceptually that this is true. They believe us and they actually believe that what we're talking about and creating is true. But the bridge between believe and live is the commitment that I am committing myself to live this. And I wish it was as simple as just pushing a button and I say, hey, everybody, here's the commitment button. But I've learned the hard way, unfortunately, which is why I had to create a self-auditing framework for myself because success leaves breadcrumbs. And I think back to where did I no, believe, but not live. Well, before I started meditating a decade ago, I kept hearing meditation, meditation, meditation. I kept hearing the average CEO read 60 books a year, 60 books a year. They're waking up early. They're working out in the morning. So conceptually, boom, the best in the world. I know they do this. I believe it. It makes complete sense. But my commitment wasn't there <clears throat> until it was there. 
What is that bridge that we can help people create greater commitment, whatever it is that you want to create? Yeah. First thing that comes to mind around that is to lower the bar to a place that makes taking action and living the commitment uh, almost inexcusable. Like that you would, that to not do it would be inexcusable. And so, you know, there's a book, uh, Power of Habit. I have it on my bookshelf back here. And one of the things that I believe they break down on that is um, uh, habit stacking and creating many habits. And so if I have a, a commitment to work out every day, maybe what that means is that I'm just doing one set of something. Maybe I'm doing air squats and push-ups for five minutes or for even a minute. Um, maybe if there's a way that I'm wanting to journal every day or meditate, I'm, I'm literally choosing to do it for 30 seconds to a minute. And the whole purpose of that is to actually allow myself to start to reconstitute my identity as someone who does this thing consistently. Because that right there is a way to go to zero to one. And then from there, you can just volumize the amount of time that you're spending doing any of these things. And so find a way to begin to see yourself as someone who does that thing. Adopt the identity of the athlete. Adopt the, adopt the identity of a meditator. Adopt the identity of somebody that journals or works out. And then from there, it's a lot easier, I think, to turn the volume up and to have that live more uh, in, a, in an expanded way in your life through that commitment. I love everything that you just said makes so much sense. Yet still, I still feel like there is going to be, and I know this from experience, because one of the things that I coach around is what I call the micro mindset. And you nailed it. And I actually give the same example. Uh, I worked with an ad agency years ago. There was 11 of them to help them be better at business by being better at life. And I said, how many of you are challenged with fitness? And nine out of 11 hands went up. And the story what the story they told themselves was if I don't have an hour, I can't work out. Well, they're all high performing sales guys and they were just finding it very challenging to create an hour in their life. And I'm like, all right, well, it doesn't mean you can't do uh, five jumping jacks or three air squats. So the next thing that I want to do and this is sort of my version of this is to create a challenge for yourself. Because even when you understand the micro, hey, do five jumping jacks, it's like, eh, whatever. So how about we create the seven-day five jumping jack challenge? To Like you said, the zero to one. I feel like the, the hand-holding, even when it's so simple, you know what, Robin Clayton? It's actually too simple to where it's not part of your awareness yet. And the greatest example I have for this, so it's like, I've done, I've done so much work on this with my clients. So I created a thing called the grounding to the earth challenge. Many of them were challenged with consistency. Like we're talking about here. Um, you even talked about commitment, consistency, zero to one. Well, Robin Clayton, I'm not very consistent. So because I'm not consistent, I don't create the commitment. So how can I make this so simple It's not humanly possible. You can't do it. So I said, we're going to create the seven-day grounding to the earth challenge, and here's how this works. Once a day for seven days, you're going to go outside, and all you're going to do is touch the grass. That is it. I do not need you to do anything except just touch the grass. 
Of course, there's yeah. layers to this where you can ground yourself to the earth and, and make touching the grass mean something. But all I want mm -hmm. for you to do is to show yourself that you can be consistent at just touching the grass, a.k.a. Mm -hmm. Clayton's jumping jacks or air squats, right? Because once you yeah. understand, oh, I can create this little micro commitment, well, now I can work out for five minutes or now I can do something else. And there's two types of people that I've found. One, the ones who do the seven-day ground into the earth, and they do all seven days and come back saying, I can't believe how simple that is. I got it. Then mm -hmm. there's the ones who come back and say, Rob, I only did three of seven days. And mm -hmm. I sit there as the biggest champion for them, and it's like, well, this could not be easier and what we end up unpacking is like for you to actually touch the grass outside, what systems or processes or structures do you get to put in place to guarantee that you do this? And you know what it was for me? It's the simplest thing. You just literally have a piece of paper that says Monday through Sunday with seven check boxes and you don't leave the day until you've literally checked off. I've touched the grass. In that mm -hmm. single concept there is the thing that most people don't do. But really, there's a resistance to just being willing to create a checklist that they're going to touch the grass. Yeah, 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 beautiful. You know, and I think what we're talking about here too, Rob, is like there, there's a way in which we're supporting and helping people get perspective on a behavior, making it simple, making it inexcusable to not do it, making it so easy that it might even slip their mind. And so, uh, and making it accessible, creating a game to make it accessible. And I see that as, in some ways, we could say a kind of bottom-up behavioral approach where we're working with and creating a behavior for somebody, a challenge. There's another way that I also create a bridge of commitment for people, and that is to help them create an expanded sense of awareness around the present state issue that they're having. And so what I find is that a lot of people that are that could could see on some level that making a commitment to their life in some way, making a commitment to their relationship, making a commitment to a certain behavior will change their life. Oftentimes what they are asleep to is the actual pain that they're currently in. They're not there's a way in which they've numbed out to the impact not doing that thing is causing on their life. And there's a way in which they're pushing that away. They're, uh, they're not looking at it. And I think that, one, helping people really begin to see the impact of not doing that thing in their life so that we're creating a little bit of a fire underneath them is really powerful. And then also, there's an element of adding a time component to this. So like the movie, uh, I think it's apropos to talk about, The Christmas Carol, given the time of year, with Ebenezer Scrooge, who essentially is visited by three different ghosts and each one of them is messing with time in a way to help them get get help him get perspective on who he is and the different reasons why he is the way he is and the consequences of what might happen in the future if he stays the same and so walking clients through that and helping them see like what happens when you're not taking action around this over the next couple months and nothing changes. What is the cost of that? What is the risk associated with that? What is the, uh, the uh, deduction from your life that is created as a result of that? 
begins to raise their level of awareness of like, wow, I can't live like this. Something does need to change. And that fire can be the thing that gets people into action because now we've built a real why inside of them that is visceral and that they've experienced. And then on top of that, also building into the future of, okay, if they start taking this action and looking into the future, who do they become? You know, what is the carrot out there and how are their relationships different? How is their experience of work different? How is their experience of themselves different? And really making that juicy and three-dimensional so they can step into that. So we're building these two worlds and that can create that tension between the two worlds can really create motivation to bridge that gap as well. Oh, I love what you said so much. That was just so good because it speaks to both of our journeys of where we were to the bridge to, to create us, to create the enlightenment and the consequences of staying the same, I believe is probably one of the biggest hidden villains that can be challenging for people because it's comfortable to be comfortable that when you're just sitting there with a well-paying job money, you're just like, cool, everything's good. I don't have a lot of, um, external bad things in my life. It's more of just like your own self-talk. It's like the consequences of me making 300 grand a year really isn't that big, but the ability to be like, well, what does the best version of you look like? And this is the, I love the three-dimensional aspect of this for you because you finally get to the point where you say, I know there's more for me. I know I'm called for more or I see the potential for more. And I think back to me and this was actually a very simple transformation because of how hot it was. For me, it was, I would regret it for the rest of my life if I didn't give it a shot at making my dreams happen. So for me, the why was it was easier to cut the cord and burn the ships than it was to live the rest of my life being comfortable. Because if I had to sit there saying to myself every day, man, I know I belong. I can do better than all of this. I know I belong. I wasn't willing to live that way. And I would rather know and accept the risk of air quotes failure than never actually give myself that opportunity. Because Clayton, what I love about this, and this is where the personal operating system comes in, is you've got that why. So we've gone from uh, a lack of awareness or desire to there's this something inside of me and that just opens the door a little bit. So now we can start to breathe life into possibility. So there's the removing the things that don't serve us, the fear, the judgment, the self-limiting beliefs, those stories in our self-talk and painting that clear vision of the future of what is possible. So now we're working in these two worlds of doing less of what we don't like that doesn't serve us and more of the things that do serve us. And for me, this is where uh, creating a life that you love actually becomes so simple because it becomes a lifestyle because why would I want negativity in my life? Because that's going to take me further away from my goals and where I want to go positivity will create everything for me. So it became a very binary relationship. And once you start to understand these levers, you're like Neo in the matrix. You're like, wait a second. You're telling me I can create myself to be whoever I want and do whatever I want. 
and it can be easy, fun, and I love it? And the answer mm. is yes. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. Something that pops out to me in this is I hear you saying in many ways, like helping people detach from the things that they should be doing, that they think they should be doing. So living a life that is ruled by obligation, ought tos, have tos, and actually excavating what is it that their heart really wants, like finding that flame within them that uh, could you know, turn into a bonfire. And that is attached to their vision. Um, you know, I, I once heard a, I think I heard a quote recently where it's like, it's, it's really important to be doing what you love, especially starting something new, because that love is what's going to get you through all of the spiritual growth that happens in the crucible of entrepreneurship. And if you're just doing it to make money versus having your heart in it, uh, it's going to be way easier to give up because you're not plugged into the infinite power of your heart in the process of creating. Yeah, and it's, I want to make sure to drill into this distinction because this world can be seen as woo-woo, right? There's the, when I first started meditating, I actually didn't relate to it because Rob was the ad sales party bro frat guy who loved to have fun and like, this isn't my brand of woo-woo spirituality without understanding uh, the concept or term of mindfulness and what that could create in my life. So, and I'm a very love and heart and creation person now. And I'm curious from you on sort of exploring uh, heart versus woo-woo because I'm always aware once again of the bridge between what you and I see and live and know to be true with the lowercase t, our truth, not the absolute truth, in how heart versus woo-woo, where that intersection is because you and I don't live in this woo-woo conversation, but for others it may feel uh, it can come across that way despite the fact that that's not the world we live in because we're doing this from a place of love for ourselves and others. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll just, I'll riff on that for a moment. So, you know, the, I think the distinction I'm hearing or the question you're asking is like, well, what's the difference if someone's interpreting what I'm saying as woo woo, how do we maybe land it for them in a way that makes a little bit more logical sense so that their logical mind can, can grok it. And, you know, I'll just go the opposite direction and look at burnout. And I believe that burnout is a result of doing a bunch of work that your heart's not connected to. You know, there are plenty of people that can work around the clock when they love what they're doing and it, and it just gives them life because their heart's actually involved. You know, I look at my life and it's like, wow, when things are difficult, it's my, it's my heart and my love and my passion for what I'm doing that gets me out of the bed in the morning and has me open my computer and still brainstorm new ideas and actually open up and be a conduit for more creativity. Like, and that's just a felt experience. If I'm going through the motions and I'm not, and my heart's not connected to what I'm doing, then I'm operating logically and I'm almost like unconscious to the, I'm unconscious to the creativity that might be there. And it's like, all right, put me in spreadsheets and have me just do a bunch of logical things to try to maintain the business, but I can't grow it from that place. For me, the growth happens through bringing my heart into it and being able to see the, the, the possibility of the, of the direction that I want to move towards propelled by my heart. So uh, I think that's one way of looking at it that, perhaps people can relate to where, you know, you, you can, you can see that when your heart's not in something anymore, even if your heart's not like in a relationship, it's so difficult 
to keep moving in it, even if logically you know that it's it's good for you, like the job is good for you, it pays the bills, but if your heart's not in it, you can end up becoming paralyzed or you end up running on empty, you can get really sick. And so I, I think this is a, a, an experience that is universal for people. Um, and that's why pointing to this place where we look into like, what does your heart want? Where does the fire within you live? What does that, what does your heart want to create? Is what is long-term sustainability for someone to keep going on the path through all the obstacles that have inevitably will arise. Love the way that you, you framed that. that. And this is actually why coaching exists because we can help people get access to their heart and what they would love more of in their life. And I think back to when I hired my very first coach, a branding coach, and he was the first person that I felt gave me permission to live my dreams. And he heard it and said, Rob, I'm a champion for you because for the longest time, Rob, I don't understand what you're doing. Rob, I don't understand how you're making money. So much of the world outside of me was saying, I don't get Rob's vision. And here was my first coach saying, cool, thanks for sharing that. Let's make it happen. And since that day, my life has completely changed. And uh, Clayton, I want to be respectful of our time because uh, in part two, I want to talk to you about content. And there's so many layers that you and I could have unpacked right here. So where can everybody connect with you? Yeah, they can go to my website, ClaytonOlsonCoaching.com, or you can check out my YouTube channel. I just type in Clayton Olson Coaching or at Clayton Olson Coaching and uh, subscribe there for uh, videos and posts that I put up weekly. And I would love to hear from you. What would your heart love more of right now? You can hit me up on Instagram or LinkedIn at Rob Cressy.